their life on. Yeah, but what if people believe them? That, that's not your job. Your job stay with what the truth says. Amen. I had a guy one time taking out newspaper ads about me, calling me a false prophet. Said, said I was running a, 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 a wolf in sheep clothing ministry. Hey, yeah, I had a big quarter-page newspaper ad with my name in it. Had a wolf with an offering plate and a knife behind his back. Took it out in the paper, ran it for several months. Hallelujah. I had somebody come to me with that newspaper, and they brought it in my office, and they tossed it down on my desk and said, what are you going to do about that? I said, what do you mean? Well, you got to defend yourself. I said, no, I don't. What I'm saying is truth. What? That's a lie. I said, that's a lie. Now, where'd that come from? The devil. Why'd that come from? Why did the devil try to start that? Because he wanted to stop what God could do in this ministry. But he couldn't do it because you you don't respond to the lie. You respond to the truth. There should be nothing in you that provokes a response from a lie. It's a lie. You know it's a lie. Amen. Oh, glory. Well, they said such and such. Is it, is it true? Huh? Then don't worry about it. Amen. Well, what are people going to think? You can't help what people think. And the people that know you hear that and believe it about you, you don't care what they think anyway. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Isn't that right? Kind of like the little boy that was standing there one time, had his girlfriend with him. And his little, little friend came up and said, boy, your girlfriend's ugly. Little boy said, I know it. I like ugly girls. <laughs> Amen. Don't make no excuses. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Am I helping you? See, this, this is don't believe the lie. Hallelujah. Yeah, but what if they say this? Let them say. The the Bible says the mouth of the wicked will be broken. It says the lying tongue is but for a moment, but the lip of truth will stand forever. What does that mean? They will eventually, everybody will eventually see that you were telling the truth. What if they don't believe it? I, I, I digress. You don't want them in your life anyway. You want people that want truth, not people that will believe lies. Amen. Glory to God. That's good preaching. Mm. Now, the rest of John eight forty four. notice what it says. He was a murderer from the beginning. Now, we're going to get into some of this. This is not so much a a reference to Cain, uh, a lot of people say, well, you know, that, that's a reference to Cain. It's not so much a reference to Cain as it is to the entire human race. And, and here's what I mean. From the beginning, his desire was to destroy those that were created in the image of God. The devil doesn't so much hate you, just, he, let me say it this way. The devil hates everybody. Amen. He hates 
humans because they are created in the image of God. He fights to blind their minds so they don't come to the realization that they have authority over him. Those that are in the world, he's using their authority against them. Once the light comes on, now you're a problem. Now you're a threat. So, of course, he hates Christians. He works to steal, kill, and destroy from Christians just to get them out of his way. He's not trying to stop you from going to heaven. He's just trying to get you out of his way. Amen. Amen. So he was a murderer from the beginning. Understand this. He hates everybody. I've had people say a, a sinner would die and say, boy, I bet, I bet hell's grieving today. That old boy. No, 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 not at all. He don't care. Have you ever been around a prideful person? Do they care about you? It's all about them. Want to talk about me. Want to talk about I. How's that going to benefit me? What do I get out of it? Right? You do for me. You help me. I'll help you to get what I want. Is that right? Glory to God. John 10, 10. You know these verses, but let's look at it. Notice what it says. The King James Bible says, The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Right? That, that's, 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 that is the job description of the devil. Steal, kill, and destroy. But the Woos Bible says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. These are the only things that the devil wants to do. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's all that's on his mind. And the word destroy means to render useless. And so that's his goal. That's his, that's his desire, is to render our lives useless. But he can only do that if I believe the lie. Amen. Well, that guy was so committed to God. That woman was so committed to God. What happened? They believed the lie. Hallelujah. Have you ever known anybody that backslid? What they backslide to? What were they thinking? They weren't. The devil rendered them useless. Hallelujah. I've known ministers that had great anointings on their life. Great anointings. And got over into sin. And got over into adultery. And got over into, uh, back into addiction. And back into, what was that? People say, what happened? The devil rendered them useless. And destroyed their life. And you know where that started? With a thought, a mindset. Hallelujah. Where, where did that thought come from? The devil. What is the devil? A liar. What's his ultimate goal of lying to you? Kill you. Destroy you. Is that right? Oh, hallelujah. That's so important. Well, you know, uh, I just believe if, if, if I did this or if I did that. Listen, where's that thought coming from? 
Well, you know, I just, I just need to have a little alcohol each night to calm my nerves. Where's that coming from? Right? Now, you know, if you're a teetotaler, of course, you wouldn't think about doing that. But what makes a person think that way? What makes a Christian think that way? The enemy lying to them to render them useless. Hallelujah. Not just render you useless in the world, useless in your family. How can you tell your children that the answer is in Christ and the answer is in the Word, but it's not working for me? Right? That's like do what I do, not what I do what I say, not what I do. The enemy's trying to render you useless. Yeah, but, you know, Pastor, I just believe God doesn't have a problem. Go to God's book and find out what God has a problem with or what he doesn't have a problem with. Is that right? Go to what he said about it. Because a lot of things that people hear and a lot of things that people uh, pay attention to are lies of the devil. Oh, hallelujah. Let me move on from that. Right? That's all that's on his mind. That's all, He's jiggling the lock consistently. He's, he's walking around shaking the door. And if he finds a door open, he comes right in. He doesn't ask. He doesn't seek permission. He just comes in. And his job, his goal is to render that person useless. Glory to God. That's, that's why the Bible says you've got to resist him. I said you've got to resist him steadfastly in the faith. Anybody in here that's been delivered from any substance, alcohol, uh, 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 pharmaceuticals, whatever it may be, pornography, whatever you've been delivered from, you know good and well that I'm telling you the truth, that you got delivered and it was glorious and it was miraculous, but at some point, some day, some week, some month, that devil came and was jiggling the lock on your life to try to find out if you'd let him back in. And sometimes it, would, sometimes it would have been welcome to let him back in. Amen. When your flesh is crying for something, your mind is saying, I just, if I could just get, just take the edge off a little bit. I mean, after all, what's wrong with just a little bit of that? Because he's trying to render your life useless. When that lock starts jiggling, you need to think about everything God's done for you. You need to think about where God brought you from, what God brought back into your life, how God set you free, God delivered you, God made a way where there was no way. Not going to be rendered useless by somebody that doesn't care about me. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. I remember one time I was dealing with a minister, a minister. And, and please don't misunderstand me. He wasn't a well-known minister, but he had a call of God on his life. And I started noticing things in, in his marriage, and, and things weren't right. You know, whether you know it or not, when you're a husband wife, you come to church and you're fussing, I know. 
Not because I'm, have you ever been sitting in church? I know people in this room that would say this. They, I'd, be, I'd say something from the pulpit, and they'll go, does he live with us? He got a camera? Well, I'm not bragging on me. I'm saying I'm your shepherd. I'm your pastor. I'm, God will give me insight into things. And I begin to notice they're not, they're not gelling. What's going on here? And, you know, he, he wanted to preach and pray and prophesy and, and all these things, and, and he had an anointing to do it. But one day, his wife came and talked to my wife, and there's a lot of things going on we didn't know about. I mean, he was physically abusing her, choking her, knocking her down, not taking care of her, wouldn't keep a job. And I won't get into all that. You say, what would you do? I, I called him one day and said, hey, meet me over at the church. He said, okay. And that time my office was downtown. I said, jump in the car. Let's go down to my office. So he jumped in the car. And I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't you know, leading him on or anything. But we got out and got in the office. And, and, he, and he sat down. And I looked at him. And I said, what are you doing? You're throwing everything away that God wants to do in your life for nothing. He's trying to render you useless. Hallelujah. Now, the sad report is he wouldn't listen to me then. Now, he lost his marriage. And for a time, lost his ministry. Thank God he's remarried and back in the ministry. God's a restorer. But he didn't have to walk through all those years of uselessness if he just wouldn't have believed the lie. Oh, hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say, don't believe the lie. And this is important. The devil will work to this end in the life of whoever will believe the lie. That's the end that he's working towards. Notice here in Genesis chapter 3. Oh, Hallelujah. I made it my intended purpose years ago. I will not be rendered useless. I I will not be what Paul said, uh, 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 disqualified. He said, I'm not going to get involved in things after I've preached to you, and then I should be a castaway. Not going to do that. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said, The woman has God said, You shall not eat of the tree of the garden. Mm. And you know what the woman said for the sake of time. We'll go to verse 4. The serpent said, you shall not surely die. God told Adam in chapter 2 and verse 17, he said, don't eat of that tree because in the day you eat of it, you'll die. It's a dual word in the Hebrew. In the day you eat of that, in dying, you will die. You'll die spiritually and then physical death will come on you. Right? So he had been told. The devil knew they had been told. Because that's the first thing he came and questioned. Was what God said. Oh, hallelujah. And we see his two predominant aspects of his character. Lying and murder. This was premeditated. Why? Because he knew that if man disobeyed God, 
they would be separated from God, which would cause spiritual death that would result in physical death. Premeditated murder. Yeah, but Pastor Adam had a choice. He sure did, but the devil handed him the gun. The, the devil will hand you the tools to render your life useless. <laughs> you understand? Hallelujah. That's his nature. So Satan's attack on the man and the woman was to get them to disobey God. And to do that, he had to discredit God's word. Hallelujah. He had to discredit the Word of God. So what was the attack on? The Word. He hated the man and the woman, but to get to the man and the woman, he had to discredit the Word. For the devil to get to you, he's got to cause the Word to be non-effective in your life. Because where the Word is working, he has no chance. Right? We talk about confession. If a thought comes to your mind, if a thought comes to your mind that maybe you want to go do something you were delivered of, well, you can't toy with that thought. You can't roll it around like you would hold a ball or a, or, or a, or a toy and just look at it. you got to immediately say out of your mouth, no, 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 I'm not that man. I'm not that woman anymore. I'm a new creature in Christ. I don't desire that. Is that right? Why you're not toying with it? Understand. The devil has been up here in people's mind since the dawn of human history. He is causing two people that are perfect, that walk with God in the cool of the evening. He caused these two people to disobey God. But, but now listen, he didn't just come and do it. He started asking questions. Right? And instead of Eve and Adam, but predominantly here we see Eve, instead of her saying, look, we're going to do what God said. What did she do? She played with it. She thought about it. What happened? Her life was rendered useless. Isn't it amazing? You don't hear, you don't, when you think of Adam and Eve, what do you think? What do you think? I mean, you, you can tell me what you think. When you think of Adam and Eve, do you think victory? Do you think overcoming? I bet when you think of Adam and Eve, you don't even think of them in heaven. Why? Because there's no record they went. Well, they had to go. Why did they have to go? They're not mentioned in the Hebrews Hall of Fame of Faith. You would think certainly if they were just bastions of righteousness, they would, they would be mentioned there. Now, whether they're in heaven or not, it's irrelevant. But here's my point. You don't think of Adam and think, whoo, righteous man. You think failure. You think somebody that listened to the devil. If nothing else, you see him with an apple in his hand. What caused that? The lie of the devil. What happened when they believed the lie? It killed them. Hallelujah. Satan attacked what God said. And here's the thing. 
he made what they could see seem more appealing than what God had said. He'll come and try to make what he's saying and what you can see more appealing than what God has spoken. He's trying to uproot the word. Trying to uproot the word. What you are, you are. And what you are, the word has made you. If you uproot the word, you uproot the man. That's why Matthew says concerning the the parable of the sower, Mark says that, 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 that the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lusts of other things, entering in and choke the word. And it, the word, becomes unfruitful. Matthew says that the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, entering in, choke the man, and he becomes unfruitful. So Matthew says he, Mark says the word. The understanding is you choke the word, you choke the man. Hallelujah. Do, Do you understand that? That's why I've said over the years, one of the most dangerous things you can do is come here and learn the Word. Because once you know the Word, you're a threat. Ignorance is not bliss. It just means the enemy won't attack you. But here's what it also means. It means you don't know if he is. That's why people say, well, you know, bad things happen to good people. Bad things come to everybody. But we have an answer to those bad things that show up. Right? We're not going to believe the lie. I said we're not going to believe the lie. We're not going to be rendered useless. Amen. Think about this for a moment. Here's a lie that God uses sickness and disease to teach lessons. That's a lie. What does that do? That renders entire denominations useless. Why? Because if God's using sickness or disease, why should we pray for you? Why should we ask God to heal you? He might be using it. So that whole church is useless. Yeah, but pastor, they're good people. I understand, but you can be a good person and be useless. Hallelujah. Think about that. The anointing on your life. The presence of God in your life is there to set people at liberty, to deliver them, to break the chains on their lives. And there are countless people that are believing lies, and they have anointings, and they have callings, and they have giftings in their life. And they're off living their life for self and for sin and for the flesh. And what God could use to set people free is useless. Hallelujah. I refuse to be useless. Hallelujah. So he did this knowing it would result in their death. Had they held to the word, there would have been nothing Satan could have done. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the Bible says that the shield of faith quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked. What you see in Genesis chapter 3 are the fiery darts of the wicked. Had they held to the word, there was nothing he could have done. Nothing he could have done. They should have believed what God said. I know the tree looks good to eat. I know it looks like it will make me wise. But God said, if I eat of that tree, I'll die. And and I'm not going to die. So just mosey on along or whatever you need to do. 
Amen. Look at Proverbs 4. To get to the man, Satan has to get to the word that sustains the man. Proverbs 4 and verse 22, notice what it says. Talking about, let's start in verse uh, uh, 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the middle of your heart, in the center of your being, in the core. For they, my words, are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Do you see this? So what does the word do? It imparts life to those that find it. And then we're told in the next verse to guard our hearts. Which is where we deposit the word. Guard your word deposit. Because that's what the devil's after. That's what the devil's after. Is the word you've deposited in your heart. Hallelujah. So he said, deposit it and guard it. Deposit it and keep it. Because out of your heart, where the word is, are the issues of your life. Oh, hallelujah. So the word imparts life to those that find it. Look in in John chapter 6. We're going to get to my message in a minute. <laughs> but the word imparts life to those that find it. You got you got to guard it. You got to guard it. Hallelujah. And and that and that takes a stand. You know, sometimes I, I sometimes we get off center in some areas. You know, because we're people of the word and people of the spirit and, and word and faith people. And I mean, we have the victory, and we know we have the victory. But there always comes a time you got to enforce the victory. You know, Brother Hagin always used to say this. He said, these things aren't going to fall on your head like ripe cherries off a tree. He said, you're not going to get a hold of the Word and just float through life on flowery beds of ease. Hallelujah. Why? Because the the enemy's there. He's, He's a reality. He's the adversary. But notice, it says very plainly, I get the Word in me, and I guard the Word. It's going to produce things in my life. In John 6 and verse 63, Jesus said, It's the Spirit that quickens or makes alive. The flesh, now this is so important, profits nothing. Well, it's not just saying that you're no good in your flesh. It's saying there are things that need to be done. And it's the Spirit that quickens you to do it. In spiritual matters, your flesh profits nothing. Your flesh profits nothing. That's why Paul would make the statement, he said, not many uh, wise in the flesh, not many noble, not many great were chosen, but God has chosen, chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the, 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 the wise. 
In other words, God, it's not that God won't use educated people or can't use educated people or wealthy people, but it says this. It says, he said, he said at the end of that verse, for what reason? So that no flesh would glory in his presence. So whatever I get accomplished, it's not because of what I know. It's not because of what I have. It's not because of what I have access to. It's what God has made out of my life. And I had to understand what happens in my life is going to be because of the Spirit of God and the Word of God, not because of me. Amen. Glory be to God. The flesh is of no profit in a spiritual battle. And, and the Woos Bible says, the spirit is he who makes alive. The flesh is not of any use at all. The words I have spoken to you, spirit are they and life. Well, the word of God is the voice of the Holy Spirit. What you read in the word is the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says holy men wrote as they were moved on by the Spirit of God. So what you see in the Word is the voice of the Spirit. It's what the Spirit is saying. When, when Jesus dictated those seven letters to the seven churches of Asia Minor to the Apostle John, and he sent them, at the end of every letter, he says, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. But they were reading the letter. But in the letter was what the Spirit was saying to the church. In the, in the Word is what the Spirit is saying to you. In the Word is what the Spirit will say through me. The flesh profits nothing in spiritual battle. Oh, hallelujah. Every Word of God is infused with Spirit life. It's infused with wisdom. It's infused with overcoming ability. The Lord said to me one time, He said, There is no defeat to the man who will make the word his source. There is no defeat to the man that will make the word his source. Amen. Hallelujah. But notice, I have to make it my source. I have to make the word my source. Because... Uh, that, that's what the enemy comes after, is the Word. Right? I used, to, I used to know a young lady years ago, years ago in New Mexico, and God had delivered her from a, a, a sinful lifestyle, promiscuous lifestyle, and uh, uh, she had gotten a hold of the things of God and gotten a hold of the Word of God and, and was just living her life. And, and one weekend, an uh, old boyfriend showed up. And seen boyfriend for a long time. Hmm. And wouldn't you know it, boyfriend's there and she's not in church. She knew what boyfriend was after. But she decided just to go out with boyfriend for old time's sake. Well, see, boyfriend hadn't changed. I'm helping somebody. Right? And, 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 and they ended up getting involved in things they shouldn't have gotten involved in. Yeah, but, you know, Pastor, she repented and was restored. Yeah, but look at all the angst she had to go through. Look at all the shame and guilt and condemnation she had to deal with. 
What should have happened? When boyfriend called, she should have said, we are not compatible. Right? As Christians, we're just not compatible with the world. Doesn't mean we don't reach them, we don't love them, we don't care about them. I'm just not compatible. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're not my best friends. They're not who I hang out with because I'm a believer. I believe God. You believe God, right? And so it's it's like oil and water. Hallelujah. I I know people that are good acquaintances of mine that are not born again. We have nothing in common. People say, well, are they your friend? I don't know if they're my friend. I'm trying to reach them for Jesus. They're a good, strong acquaintance, but we can't hang out. Or Jesus hung out with sinners. You can't find that in your Bible. It says they gathered themselves to him. Now, see, that's the excuse people make today. Well, we're having a Bible study in the bar. Bible and beer. And we're going to have a Bible study and, and lift a pint. And then they'll say, because, you know, Jesus went to the bar. You, that's not in the Bible. That's a lie. The Bible says when Jesus was having dinner that the sinners resorted to him. And who got mad? The religious people. But what did Jesus say? Hey, it's okay, boys. Come on, order up. Get, order up some wine. Order, order up some alcohol. It's okay. I mean, after all, I love everybody. No, no, no. They got mad at him and said, why is he eating with them? And Jesus said, because I came to seek and save the lost. And he said, it's not the well that need a physician. It's these sick folks. What are they sick with? Sin. They need me because they're sinners. You understand? It's important. Hallelujah. You know, and, 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 and the thing is, I watched that young lady. Now, she ended up marrying a guy that was a, a good, godly man. But, but I watched her go through that shame. I watched the tears. I watched her come to our house and weep and cry, and I can't believe I did this. And how did this happen? Don't believe the lie. Hallelujah. Oh, boy. I just, I probably need to get away from that. But, Amen. Yeah, but baby, I love you. Where's the ring? You love me? Where's the ring? Amen. See, I just lost everybody. If you love me, where's the ring? If you love me, why are you asking me to do something that, that goes against what I believe is right? If you love me, why are you trying to entice me to sin? If you love me, why do you want me to commit adultery? If you love me, why do you want me to go to the bar? If you love me, where's your commitment? Amen. And, and, and you single men, don't be running around telling women you love them and you have no intention of making a life with them. You just lied. You don't love them. You lust them. Right. 
If a man wants you for what you have and doesn't care enough about you to make you his for eternity, you don't need him in your life. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you, and, and I'm going to be blunt, and y'all know I'm a good pastor, I'm just blunt. Everything that is firm and everything that is in place right now in 25 years, it's going to be sagging, it's going to be wrinkled. It... And if he or she, either one, was just there for what they could see, they're going to be out the door, down the street, finding somebody that has something that they think is what they want. The pastor, you're saying don't believe the lie. Don't believe his lie. Well, I, baby, I, baby, I love you. I love you. I mean, come on, I, I love you. You know, the Lord understands we love each other. I mean, we're just almost married. That's exactly the same as not being. Do you understand that? The Word works for people that adhere to the Word. It's what the Word says. The Word says, I shall not commit adultery. The, the Word says, flee fornication. But Pastor, I just, I just love him. You just love somebody that won't make a commitment. Amen. When I looked at my wife and I said, I love you, I understood something. That's a powerful word. I'm committing to be with you for the rest of my life. That's what it means to me. Is that right? I don't want to be rendered useless. I've watched people over the years get involved with people that they shouldn't be involved with and take them the other direction, away from the things of God. If you can't find them in church, where do you think you're going to find them? I'm, I'm, look, I've made a mess of it already. I might as well just stay right here. I, I've, I've had people tell me, I've had women tell, and I've had relatives tell my wife, yeah, but I, I, wanna, I want a man like Philip. I want a man like your husband. I want a man like him. My wife said, you don't find him in the bar. My wife said that. I'm not bragging on me. Think, think about that. If, if you're here today and you got a good marriage, I'm going to tell you why you got a good marriage. Not because you're so good. Not because you're just a perfect husband or a perfect wife. You come to church. You submit yourself to God. You submit yourself to the Word of God. You got a husband that's loving you like Christ loves the church and, give, and gives and gives himself for you. He's not somebody that's looking for you to give yourself to him consistently. Glory to God. That'll render your life useless. Amen. But I just want a man to love me. You got one. His name is Jesus. 
And he loves you like sugar candy. He loves you better than anybody could ever love you. If you fall in love with Jesus, it will matter not to you whether you got a man or a woman. He is your all in all. He is everything. He is the lover of your soul. Amen. Glory to God. I've had guys get mad at me. He's just talking about all that. He's burning my action. Yes, sir, I hope I am. I pray with every ounce in me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lord, that's just straight on a Sunday morning. Praise the Lord. Amen. If, 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 if Ephesians chapter 6. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you something very plain. One time my wife and I did a marriage uh, conference. And it was, uh, it was at the very least, it was PG-13. Amen. And uh, uh, we, we, matter of fact, that, that, that week that we did that, we had children's ministry. Just took the children out. Because we were talking about some very, very straight things. And, and, and you, know, you know something that blessed me? And some of y'all remember Mother Cowan? Martha Cowan, of course, she's in heaven now. Her and another lady in the church that was about the same age, they came to me after church, and they said, I wish when I was going to church as a young woman that somebody would have had the, 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 the boldness to teach that. Amen. Because my marriage would have been a lot better. Amen. I don't know everything, but I'm, listen, I'm, te- I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you, if you, the Bible says that you don't need to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Amen. And if you get yoked to an unbeliever, they're pulling a different way. Right. Right. Ephesians six fourteen. Well, Pastor, how do I change that? Be a believer. Yeah, but I love him. I love her. Then they'll get saved, won't they? They'll come to church with you, won't they? They'll study the Bible with you, won't they? I love you. Well, pray with me. Ah, you know I don't like to pray. Then you don't love me. Mm. Ephesians 6, 14. Moving right along. (laughs) I think. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Notice that. Have your loins, your middle, girt about with truth. The word truth here is the same word Jesus used in John 17, 17 when he said the word was truth. It's the same word. All right? The word, the truth, is the belt that holds everything in place. That's the foundation. That's what secures everything that belongs to you in Christ. And he made this statement Notice, you've got to take it to yourself. So in order to get any other piece of armor to fail, the enemy's got to get the word. To get your righteousness to fail, he's got to get the word. To get your peace to fail, he's got to get the word. Because that is keeping everything intact. Oh, hallelujah. But notice, I decide if I have my belt on or not. I got to put my belt on every day. 
Say it out loud. Put your belt on every day. Hallelujah. Because it's what, it's what everything connects to. It's what everything hooks on. Everything. Everything. Verse 17 of the same chapter says, notice, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. The sword of the Spirit. This is important. The sword the Spirit wields. This is the sword the Spirit uses. And the Bible says, tells us what it is. It's the Word of God. Now, it is the Bible, but it's a different word. It's the word rhema. And it means something that is spoken, what one has said, an utterance. A command. So he says to take to you the word of God, the rhema word of God, the spoken word of God. So in other words, the sword that the spirit wields or uses is the word of God. So the sword the spirit uses is the word coming out of my mouth. That's what the spirit can use. You've got to store the word in your heart so you can get it coming out of your mouth. The word I store in my heart is the word that represents the belt. I get up every day and put it in my heart. Amen. And then I speak the word out of my mouth. And that's what the Holy Spirit uses to exact revenge and suffering on the devil. Hallelujah. Knowing the word is not sufficient. Using the Word is what's sufficient. And not know it, use it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This word, sword, it's, it defines the sharpest sword on the battlefield. Razor sharp. Short sword used for close combat. Hallelujah. In other words, the word can be used in any situation. Amen. Don't believe the lie. Fill your mouth with the word and cut the devil long, lean, and often. Because it cuts coming and going. Hallelujah. The written word... Holds my life together, keeps me anchored. The spoken word defeats the enemy every time. Because he has no answer for that sword. None. That's why Jesus said you'd have whatever you say. No answer. If, if you could see that before we leave today, the enemy has no answer for the word of God coming out of your mouth. In other words, he can't win with the word coming out of your mouth. Oh, hallelujah. Well, how come that guy failed or this, this woman failed or, or this person got, I, they, they, quit, they quit letting the word come out of their mouth. 
will never, ever get to the place where you don't need the word coming out of your mouth. Ever. 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 Why? Because you will never, ever face a day on this earth that you don't have an adversary. Yeah, but he's defeated. Yeah, and you got to treat him like he's defeated. you got to tell him he's defeated. By what? The power of the Word of God. When, when I read through Ephesians 6, I don't just read, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, uh, uh, rulers of the darkness in this world. I, I read it out loud to the devil like this. Defeated principalities, defeated powers, defeated dark rulers of the darkness of this world. You're defeated. Amen. Amen. The Bible doesn't tell you to talk to God about the devil. It tells you to talk to the devil. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. But you got to tell him he's defeated. Well, you know, this thought came to my mind. What would you do to it? Well, you know. No, you got to answer it. You got to tell it. Nope, 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 nope. That's not, no, no, no. That's not going to happen to me. I've had people want to counsel. Well, what's wrong? Well, these thoughts have been coming to my mind, and the devil's been telling me this and telling me that. Why are we counseling? Why aren't you talking? My counsel is open your mouth and talk. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you know, I just have a feeling something bad's going to happen. I just have a feeling something's going to go wrong. I mean, I just, I just have this feeling. These thoughts have been coming to my mind. And what are you supposed to say? Nope, nope, that will never happen. That will never happen in my family in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I, I, I'll share this with you. Is this okay? I had a situation one time. I was praying, and uh, I was praying for one of my children. And, and in the spirit, I, I got over in the spirit, and in the spirit, I could see like this, this dark hand that was trying to descend on them. And people say, well, you know, what'd you do? Did you ask the Lord? No, I didn't ask the Lord. Right there where I was at, I stepped into that situation, and I said, no, you don't. That's righteous seed. You'll back off them right now in the name of Jesus. I don't know what you're trying to do, but you're not going to do it. Hallelujah. Because I have a right to intercede for my children. And you're not going to have them. You're not going to have them. Amen. But you got to let the word come out of your mouth. Why did God show me that? He's looking for a man to make up the hedge and stand in the gap so destruction won't come. Amen. Amen. You, you don't so much pray for your kids as you step out there and you go, you're not having any of them. You're not having any of them. Yeah, but they're doing this. I, I, listen, you're not having any of them. Don't you understand yet, devil? I don't, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by what the Word of God says. And the Word of God says that I have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and I am saved and my family will be saved. That God will contend with them that contend with me and He will save my children. You're not taking any of them to hell. You're not going to cause any of them to be lost. Just how it is. Amen. Yeah, but it's like he was just laughing at me. It's nervous laughter. 
That's what defeated people do. But you got to answer that. Let me say this, just as i got two minutes. There will be times there's a spirit that sounds a whole lot like the Holy Spirit. Tries to counterfeit. You got to recognize that. Because if it goes contrary to what God has told you, you got to stop it. Don't believe the lie. Hallelujah. God will speak to you and tell you, this is, this is the direction I want you to go. And maybe you, you'll be praying or just meditating on the things of God, and that thought will come, that voice will come, and say, this is what you need to do. And it'll sound really close. Do you know why impersonators don't impersonate people long term? They can't. You're going to eventually know that's not the person. That guy sounds just like so-and-so. Well, for those little sentences he does. But if you talk to him in a lengthy conversation, he can't because nobody can sound just like anybody long-term. Right? That's why they're called an impersonator. The enemy tries to impersonate. That's why you're not listening here. You're not listening here. You're listening here. The Spirit is the ears of your life. And when you hear something that's just a little off, you say, nope, that's not how it's going to be. God said this, and this is how it's going to be. Amen. What would have happened if Eve would have said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. This is what we're going to do because God said do this. Well, we'd all be in literal paradise still. Amen. Amen. Am I making sense? Don't believe the lie. If the enemy can't get the word, you cannot be defeated. Cannot be. And that's in, that's in, that's in any area. That's, that's in any area. When, when the greatest temptation the enemy brings to anybody is the temptation to disbelieve God. And that's in any area. Yeah, but he tempted me to do this, and he tempted me to do that. He's tempting you to not believe that God can keep you. Ever what you're facing today, if, if you're facing situations with the flesh and there's a pull on your flesh, God can keep you. It's what the Bible says. He that began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. The Bible says in the book of 1 Peter that we are kept by the power of God. Kept by the power of God. Amen. 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 And in a few days, few weeks, few months, you're going to look back and say, praise God, I'm so glad I didn't give in. I'm so glad I didn't believe the lie. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Aren't you glad? Hallelujah. Stand up today, shall we? Praise the Lord. I believe God. So much going on in the kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. Father, thank you today. Thank you for the ministry of the Word. Thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the moving of your great wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for any watching online. We pray for any that are in this sanctuary today, Father. 
that the enemy is trying to overwhelm, overpower, overcome. Father, we pray that they would be strengthened in, in their spirit, in their inner man. As your word says that they would, from your mighty reserves of power and spirit, overcome. Oh, hallelujah. I just declare by the power of the Holy Ghost, what seems hopeless is not hopeless. For God is the God of all hope. Father, manifest yourself in our life. Manifest yourself in their lives. Lord, I thank you for it. I praise you for it. I magnify you for it. In the name of Jesus, oh, hallelujah.